Thursday. So you're 12, you're like 12 and a half hours ahead of me. Yeah, we live in the yeah. future. You live in the future. How is it over there? Uh, everything's too futuristic out here. <laughs> awesome. Well, now we're going to go to masks. And so in, in this real time, you know, connection, you and on Thursday and me on Wednesday having this conversation, uh, we're going to make some masks. And so hopefully um, it will bring us uh, more into the present moment together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Niroz Bandari. Niroz is our first guest from Southeast Asia. He lives in Nepal. Uh, Niroz and I met a couple of years ago at the Hive Global Leader Summit in New Delhi, India. And today we get a conversation about he and I talking about our masks. You know, he and I have stayed in touch over the last couple of years, and um I'm just really want to share like he just finished grad uh, medical school. He is uh, about to become a doctor. He is a doctor now. Um, and he's taking care of this next journey of his life. And I'm really excited that he had time after his exams were over. Um, and after he got the results of his exams too, uh, to be in this conversation, um, he experienced the mask activity, uh, when I presented there in New Delhi, India, and we've stayed in touch. Uh, I've invited him on the show a couple of times, and I think finally he is uh, he was ready. Uh, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about middle school challenges growing up. We talk about Carl Jung. We talk about um, like our natural state of being, the words that we kind of often in our normal being, the words that we use to describe ourselves. And as you know, we're talking about these masks. Really thankful to have him on the show today. And we're going to be bringing you more guests from around the world. Um, we're going to be bringing you more guests from ba different backgrounds because I think it's important to also recognize that these masks are not just here in the U.S. I mean, here in Oakland, California, that we know that uh, I know about the masks that I grew up feeling the need to wear, feeling forced to wear. But we also know that there's masks from people all over the world. And we look forward to meeting new people and inviting them into your ears to listen to them and learn about them. And we hope that if you haven't yet made a mask, that you will make one. You can go to 100kmasks.com to make a mask. You can um, share this podcast with somebody. Maybe they need to hear some of these messages. Uh, you're not alone. And we hope that you will continue to be a part of this movement with us. And we look forward to seeing you ever forward. You know, I want to give you a couple of updates about something coming up with ever forward. So um, maybe, maybe you have seen that we have launched a, a new game called ever for club, the adventure. Uh, the link will be in the bio uh, show notes. Uh, please check out that game. We are trying to support 300 educators who will receive this game and instructions and a um, webinar to play this game with their advisory classes, with their homeroom classes, even with just within their classes. It's an adventure, but it's also a way for people, students, adults to get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, that's Ever Forward Club, the adventure on Indiegogo. And at the end of this month, at the end of May, Memorial Day weekend, May 29th and 30th, we will be hosting the 17th annual 24-hour relay challenge. For 17 years, Memorial Day weekend has been an annual event for Ever Forward Club. We invite you to be a part of this year. It's going to be live streamed on YouTube and a new site that we're working with called Tiltify. We're going to be raising money for 24 hours, and we're going to invite you to share it with somebody. Tell somebody about it. But stay tuned. If you're not following us on social media already, please um, go to our website. You will have information there. It's called the 24-Hour Relay Challenge. Um, and we look forward to seeing you live uh, May 29th and 30th. We look forward to you helping us raise the money for not only um, half of the money will be going to the Million Mask Movement and the Peer Mentoring Project. And the other half, we will be partnering with five organizations who will split the other half of the money that we raise. It's a great way for us to be able to give back to other organizations and to build deeper connections with partners in, in our community. So thank you 
for listening. Thank you for being a part of the show. I normally don't give commercials in this, but I'm I'm learning that I, I don't know how else to tell you the information. So I wanted to make sure you knew what was coming up for us as an organization, and we hope that you will get involved. Um, please like, share, subscribe, share this with somebody who you think can benefit from it. We thank you for being a part of the journey with us. Ever forward. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I am so excited right now that I get to welcome Niroz Bandari um, from Dulakil, Nepal. Like I, I, I don't, he doesn't know how excited I am because he doesn't know yet, but he's going to find out right now that this is my first uh, uh, guest on the show from that part of the world. Like, like I'm so excited. So, um, Niroz. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Thank you, Asanti. Thank you. You can see by my smile how excited I am too. <laughs> well, I think um, I, I may be kind of loud. I think I'm looking at my thing and it looks like it's kind of loud. So I'm going to go down a little bit. I don't want to blast you out uh, with all my excitement. But what I want to do is I want you to introduce yourself. I want you to tell folks who you are. Um, tell them a little bit about yourself and then we're going to jump in and, and um, maybe... Um, you'll tell them where we met or I'll tell them where we met because, you know, we've known each other for a little while. But uh, I want you to introduce yourself to the audience and then we'll go from there. Uh, shall I start? Yeah, whenever you're ready. Yeah. So hello, everyone. I'm Neuros. I recently finished my med school here in Nepal and uh, I run a couple of nonprofits and profits here in Nepal. Uh, so that's basically it. And I met Asanti, I think, in 2019 uh hive india that happened uh it was a literacy conference that happened in india new delhi in 2019 yeah uh it was a part of the hive global leader summit and um um you came down with a, a crew like maybe like seven to ten folks from nepal right i think you all brought a, a large delegation yeah 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 we yeah. we cover we've covered small population in the world, but we covered a large population in Hive. That is exactly what I saw. That is what I saw, and um, what I'm really excited about is that. And I think that you said you just completed your medical school, yeah. Yeah. So you're what, what's next for you right now? I guess we'll maybe we'll come to that toward the end. I mean, that's all the the pleasantries, you know. In this podcast, we're not really talking about our careers and our our. But that's a big deal to finish medical school. So first, I just want to make sure I acknowledge that for you and, and congratulations you. on finishing that. So let's just take a deep breath for that amazing success. Let's take a deep breath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, at that hive, so for, for, for those of you listening and watching, um, Neroz and I, um, uh, he presented, he participated in a workshop that I did at Hive where we invite people in that space to do the mask activity. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a workshop. So it's a lot of people in a room, very different than this experience we have one-on-one. -on -one. And I think since then, um, maybe you've made one or two masks since then. Yeah. 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 And so today we're going to not only make masks, but we're going to talk about those masks. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. You have any questions before we start? Uh, no, nothing as of now. Okay. All right. And so we're on two different time zones, right? So right now, where I am in uh, California, it's eight twelve p.m. Uh, and where? How what time is it where you are? Well, let me say uh, eight twelve p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> and where you are, what 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 time is it? Uh, it's nine a.m. in the morning on Thursday. Sorry. On Thursday, so you're a twelve, you're like twelve and a half hours ahead of me. Yeah, we live in the yeah. future. You live in the future. How is it over there? Uh, everything's too futuristic out here. <laughs> awesome. Well, now we're gonna go to masks, and so in in this real time, you know, connection, you and on Thursday and me on Wednesday having this conversation, uh, we're gonna make some masks, and so hopefully yeah. um, it will bring us. Um, more into the present moment together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, since you've made these before and some people out there may not even know what we're talking about, you know, this is a part of the million mask movement. Um, if you haven't made a mask, you can do that online at 100 kmasks.com. So you can experience what 
and Rose and I will do right now, um, 100kmasks.com. And um, he and I are going to do it on paper, and you will be able to do it digitally there. So uh, you have a piece of paper handy? Yeah, I have it here. Okay, so we're going to like fold it in half, or we're going to use two different sides. We're going to use the left side and the right side, or you can just draw a line down the middle. Mm, yeah. Okay. And on the left side, we're going to write front of mask. And on the right, you're going to write back of mask. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, the first step, you know, this activity is three steps. So the first is going to be to draw a mask. So on the left side, I want you to draw a mask. And what we're going to do is uh, I'm, I'm going to try and play some music. I'm going to see if it works. I don't know. I'm hoping it won't do a lot of feedback, but I'm going to try and see if I can. This is, this is new. This is new. Like we're going to test out if I can play some music while we uh, make these masks. So uh, bear with me. <laughs> and for those that are listening, this is a new experience. So I'm going to see if we can play this. I love this I love song. Awesome. I'm going to turn it down a little bit. Okay. So go ahead and draw your mask. Okay, how was that? How, how, how were you able to finish your mask? Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm hoping that music part doesn't, it will take it out if it doesn't come out good, but it was the first time I ever tried that. Normally, we uh, people make their masks before, um, and um, we've been making masks together uh, lately. So, um, so the first step was to draw a mask, and then the second step is on the same side where the mask is, Yeah. the mask kind of being a representation of you, right? And my mask kind of here being a representation of me. What are three qualities or characteristics that you gladly let the world see? What are three qualities or characteristics of yourself that you gladly let the world see? And write them somewhere on the left side, okay? Okay. Okay. You got the front finished? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So now we're gonna move to the back of the mask, all right? And the back of the mask are the things that we normally don't let people see. So three things, three qualities or characteristics that you normally don't let people see, but that we're, that you're willing to share with us today, okay? Okay. All right. Yeah, how you doing? I'm going good, how are you? Okay, doing good. Are you finished? Yeah, I think I'm finished. Okay. All right. So now comes the big reveal. So, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, well, always I let the guests decide who goes first. So either you go yeah. first or I go first. I mean, you decide who you think should go first, who you want to uh, go first. I said I go first. Uh, it's your choice. You're the guest. Yeah. So let me start with the front of my mask. Okay. It looks somewhat like this. I don't know if it's clear or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm quite inspired by uh, Buddha. So this is kind of the radiance that the Buddha shows. And I made the ears long. That is how most images of Buddha is represented. Okay. So what I wrote on the front of my mask are peaceful, smart, and authentic. Peaceful, smart, authentic. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Anything you want to say about any of those? Um, or should I just go to mine first? Uh, let's go with your first. Okay. So here is my mask today. This is the mask that I drew today. Nah. <laughs> Has the tribal vibe. I don't know. It's been, it's been, it's been, it's actually, it's actually like a, a cylinder. 
Uh, I don't know why I drew a cylinder today, but it's actually pretty interesting. So here's what I wrote on it. I wrote serious, funny, hardworking. And then I don't know why I drew this in the circle, but this is like a, a can, like a top, maybe a top yeah. for this can. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. It was just something happening. Because um, today, I don't know if I was showing how caring I was. I think I was like super serious. I was trying to make jokes and I was like, had a lot of get done. I don't know that I was very... It was it was intense. It wasn't like a very calm and caring kind of get stuff done. It was like, let's go. Like, what's going on? Like, why is stuff? Why are they moving over these things around my in my office? Was getting rearranged today, <laughs> and I found myself just getting like kind of worked up. And I was like, okay, go outside and just take a breath. Why are you Why are you getting so worked up? I just there was so much stuff to get done today, and so uh, yeah, that's that's how today felt. I don't know that I was showing a lot of as much as I really want to be showing a lot of caring. I think I was so like focused on being serious and hardworking um, that I don't know. I don't know that caring was very uh, demonstrated outwardly. You know, it's always intended, but but if, you, if it's not showing, it's kind of hard. You know, yeah, that's the front. Uh, so mine is pretty straightforward. Basically, I'm a straightforward person. <laughs> So uh, I'm usually peaceful most of the times, like internally as well as outward. I'm organized and like you said, I'm a smart ass person. <laughs> and you already seen the front of my mask as well. And I try to be as authentic and as true to myself as I can. And these are basically the front of my mask. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to take a breath and we'll go to the back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You want to go first? Yeah. Okay. So the three words that I wrote for the back of my mask are anxious, nervous, and gloomy. Hmm. Okay. Want me to go? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, all right. So the back, I wrote um, fear of failure, worry, and sadness about death. And um, yeah, I think I haven't written worry on the back in a, if ever, definitely not in a long, long time. And I think fear of failure is always kind of like a high top one that I just don't talk much about, but that's like resonating behind this hard work and seriousness. But worry, I think, is one that is showing up a little bit more lately. Like we have a, a lot of big events coming up. We got some new things happening. And um, but it's one thing when you have a fear of failure, when you, if you're not doing a whole lot, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's just there's not a whole lot to be fearful of, of failing if you're not trying a whole lot of things. But when you got a bunch of like irons in the fire and you're trying to like spin a bunch of tops and you're like you're trying to keep everything spinning like that worry of like oh is this gonna work is this gonna work is this gonna work you know just it's been like kind of playing in the background you know this is the soundtrack has been playing like worrying and i don't want to be worried I, I think and i think it's easy to just be like well just don't don't worry just give 100 percent and then let it be what it be um yeah. and so i think i'm working on the it is it is true it is real but i'm trying to like navigate it deal with it and move it on like not let it just keep replaying you know so those are the things that i'm working on um and i'm listening to a lot of really um like stuff that's helping me to kind of like process it so yeah. that's the word that's the one that's standing out the most the, the worry ah. yeah so i have a very anxious personality I think uh, I, I over-prepare everything and right now, maybe because of this podcast as well, I'm I'm kind of excited as well as anxious because I always had it in the back of my mind that I have to be here and say something. <laughs> and I am nervous that I don't want to be, look, I don't want to look stupid over it. And those are the two basic words that I use on the top. And in terms of gloomy, uh, I, I, my neutral state is not happy like a lot of people have. Like my neutral state is always some, somewhere below the below 
normal like i'm gloomy most of the times but it's not mm-hmm. in a bad way but i just enjoy it it's like something called melancholy you find that that's you say like some people's natural normal state is that is that rest is that happy is that what you that's what you said yeah and yours is mostly your rest state is like gloomy yeah is is it gloomy like anticipating something is about to happen or feeling like something already has happened to make you gloomy uh, i think it's just is it is just as it is like i'm not thinking about stuff but i am usually in a gloomy state not too gloomy but it's usually gloomy and i think that helps me a lot when i read read stuff listen to music and other stuff like it really helps me understand the things that i dive into the 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 state of being gloomy helps you how, tell, yeah. tell, say more about that say more i want i just want to understand a little bit more what how does it help you uh so i have this really intense ability to visualize things when i read or listen so uh, on, on my natural state when i read something that is deeply connected to human emotions and human uh psyche i i i go really really deep into it and this state kind of ameliorates how things how i think through this thing got it is that is that has been like that for your whole life or is that since you've um, gone into the medical field or has that been something that's how how, how where where did, where did that start do you know uh, i think back in school back in middle school uh i i wasn't like naturally observing that this was my natural state but after that i was like being more conscious on how my natural state is and i i i learned to be more comfortable with it after that but before that i was like trying to avoid it like it was actually a pretty uh it was kind of quite hidden within my mask as well like i was trying i was trying hard to avoid it like i felt like i need to be happy all the time but mm. later on i i came in peace with it mm. Uh, interesting you talk about that because I want to wonder middle school that's that's an interesting age for a lot of people you know yeah it's an interesting age is. what 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 is what was middle school like for you in Nepal like what was it what was your middle school experience like because that's when you being uh, to notice it I mean that means did yeah tell me tell me about your middle school experience so it was kind of tough like uh bullying and stuff I was very overweight at that time so I was kind of like the target for the bullies and uh i couldn't my confidence level was pretty low so i couldn't do what i wanted to do so there are some things that i wish i had done in middle school and high school that i didn't do like for example uh so i started playing most musical instrument after i graduated from high school uh but i wish i had started those things early on including sports and other stuff got it got it yeah kind of like regrets but uh regret that doesn't bother me too much these days i mean it used to bother me some days back but something i learned to deal with right on and so middle school being that tough age and and can you tell me just for you know contextually like what does what is bullying look like where you went to school what 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 would the bully say do how would they can you tell me to kind of describe a little bit just so that cuz i was bullied too in middle school and i for my example um it it looked one way but i would like to maybe just hear like what sorry sorry that you had to enter it also well you as well brother i they appreciate you sharing it so uh i think in nepal bullying was like uh it starts with teasing and stuff but later on they try to make it personal with uh something related to you or your family like for me it was my weight so me being fat and stuff and uh later on it went into something physical like uh not exactly hitting but they tried to physically uh just show the fear of hitting me but they actually no one actually ever hit me though but uh, there were other people who were physically hit as well so those kind so, of so you, knew, so you knew it was possible you knew it was possible yeah. to get hit so so what did you how did you how did you i guess survive it right how did you did you 
tell someone? Did you ignore it? Did you just like let it ride all the way through to middle school is over? What What did you do? Uh, I ride all the way through. Like I wasn't fighting back physically or verbally, but I was just like dealing with it. Like for I think it was during my tenth grade. I was like having really really hard time each day to go through the tenth grade, but. Uh, after 10th grade, I, I got really, really strong because I had to change schools after that. And uh, when I was going to the next school, I was like mentally prepared and I won't let this happen ever again to me. And I became this really asshole kind of personality after that for next two years in the high school. But yeah, that was how I dealt with it. Got it. Well, thank you. Um, I'll just share really quickly. Um, so my middle school experience, uh, this guy who had just gotten out of uh, juvenile hall, we, we heard he was coming. It was like one of those uh, fables where you're in school and this kid who had been gotten in trouble before he was coming, right? And we were like, oh my God, he's coming. He's, we heard he's coming. He got out, right? And he's going to be, he's coming back to school. And um, I remember one day I was like wearing this, uh, this sweater and I was on the playground lunchtime and we were running around and all of a sudden he came up and he's like, you got ketchup on my sweater. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, you stepped on a ketchup and it squirted on my, I'm like, what, how did I do that? And I remember just like, okay, that was kind of strange. And then he happened to be in my PE class and uh, he, it just it started happening there. He was taking my lunch money and it was, uh, it went on for quite a while. Um, so yeah, it was more of, so he, um, I was more afraid that I was going to get beat up than ever getting beat up. So it was the fear. Um, and I think that's how, you know, sometimes bullies operate. They, they take it out on those who may not operate back or act back. Um, and every once in a while they pick the wrong one and then they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's not going to work on this one. Right. And, um, but you know, I, at, at that point I was just more afraid than I was brave. So, um, and I think uh, during that time, most of those bullies they are also dealing with something internally. But I mean, we are all kind of like kids when we're in middle school, right? And I think they too also haven't developed something healthy to deal with their emotions at that time. So they resorted to bullying to deal with it. Yeah, I mean that that's what a lot of studies say, and I've, I've read that later in life. But when in the moment, you don't you just like. Like you no, just think that they're just yeah. like uh, kind of evil, evil being on earth. You know, I, I guess one yeah. question I have for you is, do you think the gloomy part started before the bullying or it started after? Do you do you have any recollection of because you said middle school was when you remember noticing it. Yeah. Did you, do you remember on what end of that situation that you remember being being in the I, in the word using that word that you used gloomy? Um, yeah. I think uh, it started before the whole thing with bullying happened. Like my bullying was in, in its peak during uh, the end of my middle school and the start of high school. Uh, but uh, I was uh, kind of I was kind of noticing it before all these things happened. But all these things kind of distracted me from dealing with my things internally. But yeah, when I, when I was in the middle of middle school and end of middle school, I was like more, being more conscious about it. Yeah, I think someone's doing fireworks where I am. So I don't know if you can hear it. Hopefully you can't yeah. hear it. You can hear it a little bit. Um, yeah. and, I, and I guess, the, thank, thank you for sharing that. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to move off of the gloomy word. I think, uh, but it's really interesting word. I think when you talk about, uh, one thing I heard you say was that in your experience, like the people around you, you said their natural state was mostly happy. Did you, is that what I understood that you said? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I talk to a lot of people who say that uh, they are happy in their natural state, like not very happy, but like they usually have it on the upper end when they are in, in their natural state. But I usually tend to be on the lower end when, I, when I'm in my natural state. So, Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to someone the other day talk about this idea of happiness and being like, like, like the, the goal of life is not to be happy all the time. I mean, like that there are times when you're not going to be happy where there's other stuff going on. Right. And yeah. I think that, you know, the, 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 the mysteriousness or the, the amazing that people, people come and say, Oh, 
you can be happy all the time and live happy ever after the, the, the fairy tales, right? Yeah. The Disney stories are like happy ever after. And then yeah. they were happy ever after and they lived happily ever after. Right. And I think that that's that idea that when I went to engineering, I thought what I was doing was going to this career that was going to make me have happiness ever after I was going to make money. And then I was going to be happy ever after. And I realized, Hmm, it's not, it's not, it's not happy ever after. It's just, it's just maybe happy when you're buying stuff or when you're like doing like it, it, it was fleeting. It, it was still the same thing. Cause if, I think if internally, if you're a person who is not happy, money doesn't fix that, right? Yeah. It, it it allows you to do more stuff in an unhappy state. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you can like you can like cover up all of the other stuff with toys and new things and whatever, whatever money allows you to do, or however you know people value the the, the currency of, of exchanging this yeah. this for happiness. Um, yeah, but I mean, and people in their natural state being happy. I wonder if it's that they're happy or that they have to act happy. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it depends upon who who you're talking to as well. Like some people have to. Some people tend to believe that they are happy most of the times. But mm. yeah, it also depends upon how honest the person is being with himself. Yeah, that's a big word. How honest are we with ourselves? What about the people that you, that in terms of like just in terms of your 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 main connection of of friends or people you hang out with? Do you all get to do you get to talk about this stuff with them? Like the stuff that we're talking about now about the mask, the back of the mask, front of the mask. Yeah. So I haven't actually brought the exact term back of the mask and front of the mask and done the exercise with them, but uh, we have had some deep conversation with this stuff and. I think uh, there are some people in my group who usually tend to be naturally happier, like above the above the neutral end. But yeah, there are some people who are like me as well. Like they tend to be below the neutral end. Mm. So I think it depends upon the personality of the person as well. Like some people are naturally jolly and some people are naturally gloomy. Mm. I'm thinking about that. I'm going to think about that. That's a good, uh, I want, I wonder, I mean, I wonder what I'm using that word as a new word that I haven't used before. So I'm going to think about that. I think when I think about, have you seen the movie inside out? I haven't. The, movie, the Disney movie where it talks about the emotions and it has like headquarters has like inside the headquarters, like the, the brain of the, the girl. Oh, yeah, I have, I have seen yeah. that. Movie. It's an animated movie, right? Animated movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's by Pixar, right? Inside Out, right? Inside, like you have joy, you have uh, fear, you have anger, you have disgust, and you have sadness, right? Yeah. And those are those are characters that keep operating in certain times. And sometimes somebody's taking over the the driver's seat, right? And gloomy, <laughs> and gloomy is you know the the blue one, which is sadness, right? And I, I don't know that gloomy is sad, the same as sad, but I wonder. I mean, when I think of gloomy, I think it's just how that that character continues to just walk around and just like, oh man. <laughs> and I think that what I I wonder what that does for people who operate more from the from the joy side all the time. Like, did you ever have anybody who was like, hey, dude, just cheer up? Why are you why are you act why are you being like that? Does you have you ever had people, especially people who you know like friends who were like, dude, why are you why are you so down right now? Like, come on, like like. Who try and pull you out of it? <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of friends who are like that. Yeah, does that, does that is that help, or does that is that annoying? Uh, uh, sometimes it's helpful. Like they always radiant this jolly vibe around them. Like it always seems like whenever I see them and meet them, they are like they are like the sun radiating a lot of good energy to me, and like uh, being with them helps. And sometimes it gets annoying when when I'm super super. Uh, super super upset about something and mm. it's first time it's like I simply can't avoid this I had to deal with this and just avoiding and being jolly wouldn't help me with this so it depends upon what situation I'm in also got it got it I, mean, I think it's a great point right like if there's something you have to deal with when do you do you give yourself time to deal with it right and I think yeah maybe I don't, I don't know that everyone does give themselves time to deal with all of the stuff that they deal with you know like yeah Oh man, this thing is going on. I really think about the idea of emotions and feelings when we do the work is like 
giving people permission, well, I say permission in that way, giving people an opportunity to say, like in this space, what we're gonna do is we're gonna just try and tap into like what you really feel, right? And and having a space to feel those things in a healthy way so that they don't come rushing out in some unhealthy way. Yeah. You know? When, when the people who would come up to you and say, I, I want to maybe, are you willing to dive into this a little bit just so I can yeah, yeah, understand sure. more? The people who yeah, would come absolutely. up to you and like say, hey, cheer up in there and there. And you saying, well, I got to deal with this. How does that conversation go after that? You're telling them, I got to deal with this thing. I, don't, I can't be all jolly right now because I got to do something real. And they're like, hey, just get over it and let's just be funny and whatever. How does that conversation end? How does it, what's the next statement in that conversation? So they usually make a sarcastic statement and uh, let me be with me. <laughs> So they le- they let me to deal with it, but they usually make a sarcastic statement before I before they let me deal with it. <laughs> mm. what, what 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 is the statement? What is the statement like? What what the intent of the statement is to do, is to do what? What is the what is the purpose of the so, statement? Uh, it is it has to so they use a different statement every time, but it has the if I join all the meanings, the common meaning will be like you are getting to this guy is a very emotional guy, so I should just let him be kind of stuff. Mm, I see. I see. But not in a bad way, but in a funny way. Like, this is so they are good people and they just love saying that. It's just a fun way of expressing it to a friend. Uh, so they, 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 don't, they don't mean anything by it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's simply a joke, but not in a harmful way. Like, it's a pleasant joke shared from one friend to another. Right. Well, man, I. Thank you for this, like diving in. I'm, I'm trying to think about times where I've been like in one of those. I mean, I think what I've what I have found me personally is when some when I'm in a mood, when I'm in a place where I'm like something's going on, and someone's like, "Hey, just let's just let it go, just cheer up," and you're just like, like like you said, like I need, I want to deal with it, like I want I want to process it, and I think, um, I think oftentimes a lot of people don't process it. Like they may just turn it into a, oh, I'm going to laugh it off. I'm going to just smile it off. And um, I believe that it's important that people know how to deal with it in a good way yeah. so it doesn't come rushing out in unhealthy ways, right? Like if I'm if I'm upset about something, for, say, for example, and um, I'm in the office by myself and then all of a sudden, you know, people come from the team come in and I'm like, oh, man, I'm still kind of in this mode like of like dealing with this email, this situation, this phone call, whatever. Then I'm just trying to like turn it off so I can just like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And sometimes <laughs> I think they can read through it a little bit, right? But I'll just like not talk about it. But I think the energy is still there in me, right? So it's like, mm. how do you, you know, say, you know what? I'm gonna just need a few minutes just to kind of downwind and kind of like process. But also I think it's important to be able to have, be able to turn it back off and say, you know what? I don't have time to deal with it right now. We got, I got things to do. I got people here. And, and to come back to it. I wonder, do you ever find a way to, like, do you ever find yourself just saying, oh, you know what, okay, I'm gonna put it away for right now. I'm gonna put it, put myself in this optimum energy mood, but I do need to go back and pick this thing up because it's a real thing, it's a real feeling, you know? So personally, when I, when I have to deal with something, I become paralyzed. Like, I mm-hmm. cannot do anything else. I cannot think of anything else, but uh, I think, uh, I, I had this habit, like, but I, I never, like, articulated this habit until we had a conversation last time. And I think I discussed about that with you as well. Uh, but uh, some I, I found this way where, where I'm t- basically telling myself, telling, so I believe there is, there are many neuros within me. Like, there is one neuro who is always anxious. There is one neuro who is always all settled up. But so whenever the anxious or the trouble, upset neuros comes in, I tell, like, neuros, stay with me for a while. I will come and deal with you later, but I have this something important that I need to deal with right now and I'm going to come back and deal with you later on. So that is how yeah. I operate in such kind of situation. Yeah, I'm going to send you a, I'm going to send you a, maybe a video or something. There's um, a man named uh, Kevin Walton who I was listening to at this event and he actually talked about that same exact thing. Like when we talk about emotions and you know, we do a lot of work with emotions with, with our young men in a program is trying to make space so they can deal with those emotions and knowing that sometimes there's that negotiation has to happen, right? You know what? Yeah. Like I'm about to go into a job interview 
this situation I'm not really happy about, but I got to like get focused. Okay, look, I'm I'm really upset about that phone call, but right now I got a job on the line. I need to be focused, so I need to put it away. I'm going to come back to you. Like, uh, sad, frustrated, upset, Ashanti, look, I, I get it. But right now, we got we got a job to do. And you go in, and you're like, boom. And then you just, like, do what you got to do. Do what you came to do. And then you're like, yeah. all right, okay, now what am I upset about? What am I, what am I, what am I, what am I upset about? And then be able to deal with it, you know? Yeah. I, I like that. And I think that, I think, imagine when you, the way you describe it, I think, have you ever have you ever told anybody that description where you try and talk about there's many different neuroses inside? Do you have you ever tried to explain that to someone? Yeah, uh, I have explained that to some, only few people, like two, three people about this. And I think uh, uh, one of the people is a Pratik. You know Pratik, right? Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and so I shared this with Pratik as well, and uh, he also has had some kind of similar. Uh, experience with this and uh, so so basically uh, initially I thought it was schizophrenia <laughs> so later on I came to understand that it is something that is part of the process and I was reading Carl Jung a lot recently and uh, Carl Jung also describes this whole process in his psychoanalytic techniques so that is how I become settled with these things as well yeah yeah and I think that having the understanding of it and, and people who don't who won't get it or are, are may try and diagnose it to something but i think that being able to be clear that you know we are made up of so many different emotions right and i think that you know it's all about how we how we hear it how we people explain it to us and how we make sense of it but i think being able to recognize there's so many different parts and how do we yeah. navigate those parts in, in ways that are healthy and that also um they don't cause us to to what do you call them? Repress them, right? Like when, yeah, I don't think. I think uh, them. Yeah, and the interesting thing about it is like each of those emotion they have a different nature in them themselves, and they are a different person within you. Like you have to appreciate them and address them as a different person within you. Otherwise, uh, they would try to interfere with your day to day activities. Like you have to understand that that person is also you, but that person is different from you. Like there are so many yous within you that. <laughs> I'm making it so complicated. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I get what you're saying. And I, and I wonder, I mean, I think that in the explanation, there would be people, I mean, I imagine as people, people think things differently, right? I think people yeah. will be like, no, there's only one you. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, I could, I'm not here to argue either way. I, but I do recognize the idea of the emotional. Like part of my work is also, um, if I, if I want to say something provocative, I got to be like, hmm. Can people get that, right? Especially when I'm talking to lots of audiences, right? And so I think, mm-hmm. like, what I hear you saying, I get it. And I think that, um, as I was wondering, when you, if you told people, did, how did they understand it? Did they, did you have somebody you explain it to who were like, no, it doesn't work that way? Did you have anybody who did not agree? So I haven't actually talked to someone who, I haven't talked about this idea to a lot of people. So okay. I haven't actually got a true feedback on this. But uh, so, about this as well like there is a board of committee within my head that decides whether i should say this to someone or not so my board hasn't yet passed if i should bring this conversation out to everyone else or not you call it a board of that's your board of directors there i imagine yeah. like and, and i think that it's almost like the movie i think that it's like the movie inside out right i think it's like yeah. it's almost like those characters are different parts that are all having interconnected experiences together, right? Yeah. Right? Like joy, joy is like, hey, come on, come on, hey, get back up, come on, <laughs> come on. You know, don't do that. Right? Anger, anger is the the little red little thing with the fire that comes out of his head, like, <laughs> like, 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 I I can see anger so a lot of times, right? And I'm like on the yeah. freeway driving, and somebody is like on their. Yeah, I think it happened this morning. <laughs> happy this, happy this morning this guy was the experience. why okay i'm gonna back up but i remember it happening i'm like okay why is this person in the middle lane going so slow and so i finally get room to get around it's like you know there's like a mile <laughs> in front of this person and then you get around him and he's on the phone Te- like texting 
And I was just like, I was like the little fire anger ball. I was like, oh. and I, if you could have saw a fireball coming out of my head, you'd be like, oh my God, that was a fireball. Like, right. Uh, but that, that's one of those moments where you're just like, okay, all right, get back, get back to focus. Okay. We got to get back to work. We got to get stuff done. We got things to do. Let's get focused. Right. And just kind of yeah. pushing through it, you know? Oh man. Well, you know, is there anything else that you want to, 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 to discuss or say about these masks? How, you know, do you think that people in Nepal would understand this concept? I know a couple of people who were, who came in the delegation, you know, from, for Hive, they all yeah. made masks, but. Do you think it would be something that like schools, like if you were in middle school and somebody brought this activity, do you think middle school students in Nepal would be able to make masks? Yeah, I think there would be like, but uh, like I was checking the mask pages and I see some inappropriate contents in the masks as well, right? <laughs> Means kids drawing stupid stuff as well. So I think that kind of thing would also happen. But yeah, so basically kids around the world, I think they basically think and behave the same in their community. So uh, I think it would be a useful thing to do here as well. Like it is important for every kid to understand, to try and compete with their emotions, right? I mean, I, I mean that, that, that's what I would say as an outsider practitioner, but you as a, as a citizen there, do you think that it, it would help people? Do you think it would benefit young people there? Let's start with the young people, just like, you know, your middle school self. Do you think yeah. if you if you recognize that it wasn't just you that were feeling these things that you didn't talk about, do you yeah. think it would help you or do you think it wouldn't yeah. really matter? I think it would have helped me a lot. Like I would have been years ahead of what I, I do right now. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe there's an opportunity for us to, to, to bring the movement there. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, right on Rose. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to say before we close out? I mean, I would love, I'm really thank you for making time for this this conversation. Thank you for being our first um, guest from. If I was going to describe that region, like I, I lived in India, you know, back in my Fulbright days, but yeah. what would I call that region? Like, it's uh, Asia, right? But it's it's in South Asia, same as in South India, Asia. right? Okay, so yeah. South Asia. You're the first guest on the podcast from South Asia. Thank you. Thank you. And this is. And to share an even in different news, this is my first podcast overall. <laughs> so Boom. Boom. Win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. You said you're quite nervous? Yeah, I'm quite nervous today. So, <laughs> Well, you know, you, you are an expert at what we talked about today. You're an expert on yeah. you. So yeah. I, I hope that you've, I mean, you, there was nothing you could do wrong in this conversation. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because I think there is one thing that I want to highlight before mm. this ends. So yeah. uh, when I was talking about uh, different components within you, I think they mm. are quite a lot affected by how each of those components interpret your experience. Like uh, we, in a rational way, we have the same experience physically, but each of those components within you interpret those experiences differently. And they later on hit on in future sometimes that uh, interferes with your decision like, it might be something related to your unrequited love or something related to your childhood trauma, but those components are grown by what you experience did you get and how those components interpret your experience. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's why I was asking, did you, do you think that the gloomy came from the, what you experienced in middle school since you recognized it there, that it came from, as a result from the bullying, uh, I think uh, it came. It 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 became. It came before that. Like uh, I think my parents are really really great person, but uh, they have quite some difficulty in understanding how I think and how I function. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, a lot of it relate to how I was raised as a child as well, uh, not just in school but uh, within my family as well, and how my inner nature were and how they were not fulfilled in the way that I wanted it to be fulfilled back then and i think it kind of resonates with how i build relationships right now too like i have a really really hard time uh being vulnerable with someone who i'm trying to be romantic with so i think all of these things are connected in a way yeah do you think that that's common for for men in nepal that they have a hard time being vulnerable with um intimate partners or 
are they normally is, is normally are are men in Nepal able to be intimate and have really deep conversations like this with each other? Uh, so it depends. Like uh, there, there is a small group who are open to talk about that, Felix. But uh, I don't know if it's same around the world. But uh, the traditional Nepali men, I don't like using the term toxic masculinity a lot because I don't think masculinity is something that is toxic and that is something to be hated. So uh, there is this trend where the boys have to be like very cool. They they must know it all and they have to be like settled and they they have to be strong enough to take care of their families. And I think this pressure kind of makes them someone who is not able to talk about their feelings. Yeah. So that that pressure to conform, the pressure to yeah. operate, and the, are those rules are they are they rules that are like um, kind of like where does it come from? Do you know? Does it come from like the older boys at school? Is like oh you learn from them, or is it culturally that? Or just the men don't do it, or is it something you kind of learn from just the patterns of other young young boys in your community? So I traveled a lot within Nepal, and I think this is more prevalent in the original rural communities or people where the uh, ethnic people of that place are still living there. Like they have every everyone has a very huge family or family connection, and most boys within those families they are like they behave this way. So. When a child grows up, they they kind of have this understanding like for a boy he has to be something like this, and for a girl he has she has to be something like this, and there's this kind of ongoing thing that passed on for generations and generations, and that is I think how this came to be. Mm. Well, I guess we have a lot to learn now, and I know that um, Pratik, as you talked about, has um, made some masks with different little organ like workshops he's done in Nepal and maybe yeah. this will be an opportunity for us to you know go to your middle school and like or yeah. not us I say us like I'm gonna do it like you yeah. go to your old middle school and see if yeah you can invite some students to make a mask and and let's yeah, see absolutely. if see if it maybe will help a student who was like yourself who was not being heard or listened to or couldn't talk about it and I don't know I mean I think the goal for this movement is for it to be a global movement that people will realize they're not alone. And if they, and if they, you think it could have helped you, then maybe there's somebody else who it can help right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It requires a lot of time, but yeah, it is something that is needed to be done. And I think it will actually save a lot of lives. Mm. Say, can you say another sentence about that? What, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people, spend years without trying to deal with their inner emotions and their expression and i think they built up a lot of regret as they grow older regarding this and they have kind of this clinging regret that i wish i had done something in the past and i didn't do it and i think that actually in turns passes on to their next generation i think they would try to project those things into their children as well and this kind of continues until someone breaks the rule but yeah yeah so maybe it's an opportunity to to see if the cycle can be broken yeah yeah i mean i guess you're gonna break it for your family right you're not you're not gonna shut down your emotions and not talk about it right yeah but <laughs> so about this i think my family cannot handle me being pretty straightforward like i i, I don't sugarcoat things like i'm pretty straightforward in what i say and and usually this is very hard for my family to deal with it. Like every every new day I, I break some new rules and <laughs> they find it pretty hard to deal with me. Mm. So what do they what do they do? I mean, they, you're you're still alive. They have they have they they've dealt with you for all these years, <laughs> right? So yeah. so even though it's hard, what do they do? How do they how do they navigate? Do they just like ignore you? What do they do? Uh so they usually project uh their distress into me in terms of anger or something else. Usually the red fire is all over my parents when, when I'm talking about something. <laughs> well, man, that's really interesting. And I wonder those patterns that they, that they are, that they want to project on you, maybe is the patterns that were projected onto them. And I think yeah. that that happens. And I think that happens in communities. It happens in culture. It happens that we do, like the people who we learned it from, 
and then yeah. we pass it on to those that we right and unless somebody decides to be like you know what i'm not gonna be doing that i'm not gonna tolerate that right and I, I imagine those become those uh those hard conversations you know yeah yeah i think yeah. uh that is the kind of pattern i see in my parents as well like uh i kind of understand there's like their, their situation was was kind of high financially as well as how things were back then in nepal overall but yeah, there is kind of this emotional projection of my grandparents into my parents as well and how they project their things into the world. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm hoping maybe, maybe have you ever had a conversation with your parents about, about, I mean, I imagine you do because you're, yeah. you sound like you're, <laughs> you've had many discussions with them about them not liking the way you do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have this conversation quite often, but yeah, I am the rule breaker. So it's usually hard for them to handle what I say. And also, I think uh, the parents, they will always take their kids as, as little kids. Like, no matter how old I grow, my parents will always think of me as someone they just gave birth to. So uh, it's usually hard for them to process that I said something like that to them. So <laughs> <laughs> They're like... We must not have given birth to this one who's talking to us <laughs> like this, right? Okay, okay. Where did he come yeah. from? They, they, they've, they've replaced our child with this child here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, usually my friends and all the people that I talk to, my mentors, they usually take my words well. I think they take my words well. They haven't said anything to me <laughs> till now, so hopefully they take it well. <laughs> well, man. Um, Thank you. I want to. I want to just thank you for being on the show. I, I, I really. I, I want to make sure that if there's anything else you want to say that you can say that now. And if you know, I, I'm excited to to speak to more people in in South Asia. I think uh, yeah. it's a great. You and I have had a, several conversations on the phone here and there, or you know through yeah. WhatsApp. But um, I'm thank you for being on the show today and for you know opening up this uh, this conversation and being a part of this yeah. movement with us. Yeah. And thank you, Asante, so much for inviting me and breaking my podcast virginity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you were willing to be in the show. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm imagine Pratik is going to be like, well, why am I not on your show? I, I know you first. Right. But we're going to he's always traveling around the world. We're going to have to tell him maybe he'll be the second one. Right. Yeah. But he's not a podcast version. So I get the chance now. <laughs> It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, that you've been here. Congratulations on finishing medical school. I'm really excited for yeah. you. What's next? I think uh, what's what's next? So now medical school is finished. Now what do you do? So uh, I, I run a tech service company here in Nepal near where I live. And also uh, I work with a, with this new nonprofit that is trying to go big here in Nepal in terms of health and yeah. accessibility to health. So for two years, at least, I would be focused on those works as well as I would be working as a doctor at my hospital. Okay. And I think I would be coming to U.S. for my higher studies after that. Awesome. Well, man, I'm really happy for you. Congratulations. I hope once um, this pandemic lifts and we got some room, I'm hoping I get to come and uh, visit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, it I appreciate it. It would be amazing it. to have you here. Thank you, man. I hope, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, until then, we want to thank you all for being uh, listening to the show. Thank you for being a part of this conversation um, of two men coming together to talk about our mask from different parts of the world, from two different days. Like it is it is Wednesday where I am and it's Thursday where he is. And uh, we get to come together in these masks and recognize that, you know what, there's a lot more going on with each of us than anybody could ever see by looking at us. The more that we as men can have these conversations from across the globe, from different age groups, from different communities, I think we can really get to love each other a little bit more, care about each other more, have more empathy. And so thank you, Niroz. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. enjoyed if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring please like and subscribe this podcast that's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast maybe like you did 
um, please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Uh, we also invite people to join us in a face-to-face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message, send us a, in the comments below, let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt. I don't know if you, how you can, if you can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available, uh, but we look forward to you being a part of the movement and supporting our work. Uh, please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work uh, that we do in the Million Mask Movement to let people around the world realize that they're not alone. Thank you.